Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello, everybody. Happy Hallow's Eve. It is officially Halloween, which is an exciting time. Always enjoyed Halloween. And we're uh, on the uh, dawn and the precipice of an amazing election for 2020. I, I'm going to start off with a story that might take a little longer than my usual humor or lack thereof in the intro. But this was interesting. Um, two situations that were um, diametrically opposed as far as the outcome, but were absolutely uh, in line with each other when it came to what happened to draw this outcome. So it sounds very complicated. Well, we went to the polling booth, Olivia and I, and uh, we went to go and do our Saturday um, election. And this is the photo of us outside. And there was this cool little area, Trump area, where uh, they were all just talking and celebrating. And it was fun. It was it was a good time. And we all got to talk. And I showed uh, a few people in Virginia the show. And we talked about all meeting for drinks. And um, just it was great. And the Democrat booth was completely empty, by the way. But it was fun. It was a good time. And I even went and said hello to the Democrat booth because, listen, there's too much animosity in the world, as we will see in this story. So as I was pulling out and I was leaving, my wife changes her rearview mirrors versus how I change my rearview mirrors, and I forgot to reset them. But either way, it was a long suburban vehicle. And the back, there was a lady who had the door open. And she was tucked into the door grabbing her kid, which I've done a million times with my own kid. And as I pulled back, not fast at all, I bumped the door with my mirror and I looked over and I saw a child and her and my heart stopped. And I immediately slammed on the brakes, put it in park and I came out. Oh my God, are you okay? Is your family okay? I checked the car. I looked at the door. It was just a little plastic scuff that can be buffed out with a, with a rag and some wax. Her husband came around. Of course, he's protective and just like I would be. So I immediately like lowered my posture and it's like, sir, I apologize. I hit your, your window. I don't think there's any damage. And he's like, what do you want to do? And I said, if you want to claim insurance, whatever. And she's like, no, you're so kind. You're so nice. Thank you. It was a complete accident. And she goes, don't even worry about it. And I said, well, here's my card. If you change your mind, I'll be happy to pay for a car wash and a wax or I'll come over and do it myself. I'm so sorry. Are the kids okay? And she's like, yes, please. It's don't just don't worry about it. And I said, thank you. God bless. And I said, have a fun election day as they were going in to vote. And we were leaving. And that was it. And as I pulled away, I looked and they were Trump supporters. And it doesn't really matter because, you know, whether it was or not, the situation could have been handled differently by me. I could have come out hot. Why are you in my blind spot? You know, I was pulling out. I was first. You, you parked next to me. Well, I was on the phone and I was in that spot for quite a bit. So she was just trying to get in as quick as she could. Ultimately, it was my fault. I, I take full responsibility for it. It's mine. So now for the other situation is I was in the grocery store and I was joking around. We were looking for candy apples and caramel apples for the kids, hopefully getting our own kits where we can make them. And I couldn't find any, but we got the things we needed as we were leaving. And I'm getting into my car immediately. Now, of course, I'm on a heightened sense, right? I probably will be for months just thinking about 
tapping that door. So I immediately look all the way around, look at my blind spots, adjust the mirrors, and I see nothing. So I start to back, I, I start to get in the ready, ready to back up. I'm, I haven't even put it in drive or reverse yet. And this lady with her mom and her kid is what I can assume to be her mom. They come around the side and they're behind their suburban in their white lane area. They're, I'm clear. I'm completely clear. They had seen me enter the car upon their exit. And obviously we're trying to hurry and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But there was no threat. As I slowly put it into reverse, I back up maybe three inches and I'm going slow. And I see I'm completely clear, but she comes around from her car, which puts her two feet away from my bumper, three feet. But I'm talking like maybe a quarter inch of her body is in is in threat. But she doesn't see me because she's backing up and her butt is facing the car. And she has the kid here and mom here, and she just slowly backs out a little bit to adjust to get the kid in. And I'm in no way going to hit her because I was already stopped. I saw her. I'm watching her because I just had a situation an hour before that freaked me out. So I break, and I put it in park, and I wait because I know what it's like to be a mom with kids. And then all of a sudden, bam, bam, on my window and on the side of the car where I hear a ring hit, you know, so when someone hits, like my ring would hit, you're going to hear the... uh, you know, a clank, clank, clank. No big deal. She didn't hurt my car. She was just telling me. And I immediately saw her already before she hit it. And remember, her back was turned and her friend had, or mom had to say, hey, there's a car right there. I had already stopped. And she hits the car and I wave and I'm like, everything's cool. You're good. I got you. I'm watching. I'm watching. And she comes and she's pissed her face and comes up to my wife's side of the car. Now, the first thing, first of all, I'm armed. I'm always armed. And, and that's not, that's immaterial. But I don't want anyone to see my sidearm to my left because then they're going to get freaked out. So I just kind of position my body and I move over and Olivia's like, roll down the window so you can talk to her. I'm like, that's a good idea. So I roll down the window just to say, hey, it's all good. How you doing? Happy Halloween. And she said, what are you doing? You almost hit me. Blah, 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 blah. Starts yelling at me. And I'm like, what did I, what are, what's wrong with you? What? Like, I'm not even cussing. I've learned over the years to like check my temper. I probably just would have shot her 10 years ago. And she's screaming. And the first thing I think of is, is that she's going to hit my wife or she's going to reach into the car. So I just, I said, stop. I said, what is going on? And she was blah, 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 blah. She screaming. I said, what did I do wrong? Why are you yelling at me? And why are you so angry? And why did you come up to my car? Why are you engaging me right now? What, what is the, What are you trying to? She goes, well, this is just the way the world is today. And everyone's full of a-holes. Now, I haven't used the B word in a long time. And I don't try to degrade women in any way, shape, or form. I think it's completely wrong to use the word. I may have said that word, and it wasn't Barbasol. Um, As I was leaving, I look at her back window, and there is a Hillary Clinton 2016 and a Biden 2020 sticker. Now, does that mean that all Biden people are bad and all Trump people are good? No. But what I'm saying is, is that there is just this very uptight presence about Democrats right now, and they are very angry, and they are looking just to take it out on anyone. And it's scary times right now. And when you are in that state of mind, you tend to blame everything on the blameless. And every experience I've ever had with a Trump supporter has been good. And my worst experience that I've ever had has been with people judging me for having tattoos or having a Trump hat or, or, or being military or anything. 
And it just doesn't make much sense. And I'm sitting here going, I didn't do anything wrong. And if I had, I would have admitted like I admitted earlier. So this long story has a meaning, folks, and it's going to tie into what we're going to talk about today. Stay tuned. Stay with me. This is Don't Unfriend Me. And I appreciate you listening to that story. And to the lady that came and started cussing and screaming at me, you just, I want, I, I hope both of them see the show. I hope both of them somehow come across this and the one can come on and they can have a conversation about what's different. What was different in that situation? Both had a child, both were scared, but the two handled it completely the different way. And really my reaction was very, very similar, except one came from more of attrition and the next one came from shock. It's interesting. Listen, stay right here. I will be right back. Well, now that we got that story out of the way, I will go into what we're going to talk about today. My old Spartan Cup, my old Houston region Spartan Cup. Okay. Throughout presidents, all 45 of them, 46 will be crowned, not crowned, will be, I don't know, elected there. Crown's better. They'll be crowned on Tuesday. Hopefully we can get the mail-in thing figured out. Um, And the 45 presidents in previous history have all had major crises happen within their presidencies. Every one of them. It never goes smooth. But I want to walk through. I've taken a few notes, as always. I always try to take a little bit because I don't want to get messed up and lose my way. Because with my mind, I can get off track. So put the timer on and here we go. We're going to talk about some things that presidents, not that they did and initiated, but things that happened to them that were really out of their control and how the populace reacted. Interesting, right? Now, an example would be if someone decides that uh, they are going to put taxes on um, digital purchases. That's an initiative, okay? But if someone is going to... um, the economy is going to crash because there's a dot-com bubble or a dot-com depression where it's overvalued and then crashes. That's really not the president's fault. So an initiative versus something that happens to us, a, a reaction to an action. Okay. You'll understand as we play along. George Washington had absolutely nothing to go on. There was no other presidents before him. He reluctantly took the job knowing that all things after him would be, he would be a guidestone or whether that was posthumously or while he was living, that everything would be based upon what he did or did not do. Once again, not his fault, but something he inherited in his election. So even the very first president faced turmoil and, and curiosity about what was going to be brought the next day. And every day was a new day. And every solution was a new one. John Adams in 1801 between France and Britain had to have that balance. France and Britain were at war. France wanted us to join them. And a lot of the southern trade and throughfare happened between France and the south. And 
Britain, obviously, was our benefactor, but also our oppressor and the tyrannical rule of the British. And John Adams did a fantastic job. And nobody blamed John Adams for this. They knew, ultimately, that we would be sucked into this. And if we ever wanted to have our independence from England be recognized and established, eventually we would have to secede from them and their rule. But he did a very good job of balancing act between those two countries. 1817, the War of 1812, Adams and Jefferson could not avoid um, the second war of independence, which wasn't our first war from independence, but a lot of people consider that to be the second war of our independence in 1817 against Britain and the naval battles that took place, which were extremely large. And this was essentially foreshadowing into what would happen later uh, during the uh, during our, our revolution against Britain. 1837, Van Buren and the British banks. The British banks decided to defund, essentially, similar to defunding the police, but shut down the monies that were coming over to the colonies. Um, And Van Buren um, fought that. But that's not something that he caused. Ultimately, it was the British and their tyrannical rule who were oppressing Americans yet again uh, for the umpteenth time. And Van Buren was a innocent bystander in the aftermath of that 1841 Harrison died of pneumonia and interesting. He was only president for 31 days and Harrison was not blamed for him catching pneumonia. Everyone blamed the pneumonia. Nobody blamed Harrison for catching that and dying, which is interesting. 1845 Adams was vice president to Harrison and then established the smooth transition of power. Certainly was it Adams fault that uh, Harrison died. But he did establish something wonderful that happened to him, which was the smooth transition of power. That's a perfect example of cause and effect. The 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 pneumonia was certainly not Adam's fault, and that happened to him. But his reaction was an initiative that he imposed, which was the smooth transition of power, which is still alive today, which is amazing that he did that. So a little trivia. 1881, James Garfield was shot and killed. The disgruntled office worker that shot him was blamed. And the gun and the bullet, they were not blamed for Mr. Garfield dying. Nobody blamed Mr. Garfield for dying in office. It's interesting. Harrison in 1893 took on the corporations and thousands of steel workers were killed. There was a very large upheaval in some of the larger states. Um, he intervened and he stopped this. And thousands of workers and these steel workers were killed. The Pinkertons were involved. A lot of a lot of things were involved. And there was conflict and essentially gangs of the New York style type of situation. Once again, Harrison wasn't blamed for those deaths. 1897, Calvin Coolidge second uh, is the second term, a separated term, really rare, where a president serves four, leaves, and then comes back and serves another four. So 1897, Coolidge second term, when the National Cordage and Reading Railroad, no, not monopoly, there was a Reading Railroad, uh, essentially collapsed and went bankrupt, and it, it caused a market crash. Uh, this was not Coolidge's fault, but it was just the hint of the Great Depression and things that were happening with pre and post Industrial Revolution, that the expansion and contraction of Industry and growth and finances is extremely complicated, and you can get false bubbles. You can have false ups. You can have false downs. And anyway, these signals and this this way of tracking our economy was very new and very different to us um, and ultimately created a lot of false confidence in the market. And then when those two companies uh, took a beating, so did the national economy. 
1909, Teddy Roosevelt, the devastation of the Industrial Revolution killed our national forests and was killing our trees and killing our ecosystem. Teddy Roosevelt, being the great president that he was, decided to implement national park systems. And these national parks are still alive today. And these protected forests have, have had an amazing impact um, on our countryside and our tourism trade and ultimately keeping the wildlife population in check and having a refuge for them to go to. So it's fantastic. 1921, Woodrow Wilson in World War I. It's my understanding that the German U-boat that sank the passenger liner with Americans on it was not Woodrow Wilson as the captain. Nobody blamed Woodrow Wilson in this, and this ultimately brought us into World War I, and he had immense pressure to get into the World War because of this German U-boat sinking a passenger liner. Extremely interesting. Nobody blamed Woodrow Wilson for the Germans doing that. 1929, 1929, the first civil rights pioneer before Lincoln, or after Lincoln, tried to stop the rise of the Ku Klux Klan and lynchings, uh, and ultimately was not blamed for those lynchings. Uh, the Ku Klux Klan was, because they were the one that were doing it. Um, 1929, that happened. I can't remember the president. I don't know why. I couldn't When I was writing this, I couldn't remember. I'll have to look it up. 1945, FDR, who was actually quoted by Mr. Joe Biden today and his grandson was on, wasn't that priceless, signed relief efforts for the Great Depression and World War II to almost stimulate the economy and to help the American people, which was essentially a welfare-type initiative, not something that was very popular um, and happened during the Great Depression. And welfare and subsidies were given to people and an allowance was given to people at a necessity, but ultimately welfare programs were not the most popular thing, and FDR did that. Once again, it's not my not my 100% positive, but I don't think uh, FDR started World War II or the Great Depression, just something that happened to him in office that he had to react to. 1953, Truman and the Soviet rise to power and the dawn of the Cold War. Um, this ultimately, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Truman not being a communist and a socialist, uh, did not have any influence whatsoever of the rise to power of the Soviets. That was actually what we did in World War II and how we helped um, the Russian people and ultimately left them um, alone with no oversight. And we gave them a lot of trust. And Russia um, beforehand was an ally and a part of, uh, wasn't a part of the axis of evil and was part of the allied efforts against Nazi Germany. 1961, Eisenhower, he had Khrushchev. He had the U-2 uh, spy plane, the Cuba. He had Cuba, um, postmodernistic impact of Russian influence in Cuba. Brown versus the Board of Education, which reintroduced, actually introduced the mixture of uh, people of color and whites in the school system. Uh, Rosa Parks, Little Rock, civil rights and the Korean War. Holy moly, Eisenhower. If anyone was to be blamed for what ha happened in the presidency, Eisenhower should have taken the brunt of it. However, Eisenhower was a fantastic president in most accounts and handled more than just about anyone in uh, certainly in recent term in 1961. John F. Kennedy was assassinated in 1960. Three, November 22nd, 1963, I believe. Maybe it was never. Yeah, I think it was. And I should know this because I am a huge Kennedy buff. Uh, Kennedy was assassinated and, and nobody blamed um, John F. Kennedy for not ducking. 
or not being able to dodge a bullet. Lee Harvey Oswald ultimately was to blame. Even though people didn't like Kennedy and a lot of people celebrated who were sick and pathetic people, but most of the country loved John F. Kennedy. And even though there were people who despised Kennedy and thought he was a communist and soft on communism, didn't blame him for his own assassination. 1989, Reagan, Cold War and AIDS and crack. Pretty sure that Ronald Reagan was not doing crack and he didn't create AIDS. I don't believe that he was in Africa and there were no monkeys in his future. It wasn't bedtime for Bonzo. He had done that earlier, which is a reference to a monkey that was in his life. But I'm pretty sure that's not when AIDS happened. Um, And certainly nobody blamed him for crack. Bush Sr., Iraq and the Hussein Hussein regime, which is interesting. Uh, Nobody blames anyone but Saddam Hussein for gassing his own civilians with chemical weapons. And there were actually chemical weapons back at that time in 1993. And George Bush certainly wasn't to blame for the mass genocide that was taking place in any way, shape or form. And people rallied around the president and supported him. 2001, Bill Clinton, America defended him ad nauseum. I think it was 62% of the American people believed that impeachment was wrong and that what they did to Bill Clinton was absolutely wrong. And I happen to agree too. Uh, Infidelity in the White House is kind of like uh, freshly mowed grass in a football game. It's just the way it works. Um, And it certainly was back then. And I will tell you, um, the only people who blamed Bill Clinton were probably political hacks, but everyone also blamed the cigar that if there weren't cigars on the desk, that maybe this wouldn't have happened. It's that phallic nature of cigars. 2009 Bush jr. Nobody accused Bush of flying planes into the twin towers. In fact, um, and, and the Pentagon and in open field in Maryland, nobody blamed him for that. Nobody said he did that. And in fact, if they could, they could go back to his father and his time in the CIA when George Bush uh, Sr. funded um, Osama bin Laden as a rich Saud, funded him to fight the war against Afghanistan. And we were playing proxy wars. We always did. We did it with the Greeks. We did it with the Turks. And we've done it throughout history. We did it in Iran. But ultimately created al-Qaeda. And we certainly could have blamed George Bush for that, but nobody did at the time. We simply rallied around the president as he said we were going to take the fight to them. And during the most trying time, we could have talked about intelligence lapses and signals that we missed that were the largest signals of an American attack since Pearl Harbor, where we also had foreshadowing as that it was going to happen. But no, 2009, they stood behind George Bush. We all did. 2014, dot-com bubble burst and the housing market crashed. And although we can understand that President Obama inherited a horrible economy from George Bush and did very well by scalping and crucifying our military and raising taxes to stimulate the economy, didn't create growth. And that's why when we look at President Obama, some people can blame him, but not during that time. They certainly didn't. Later in reflection, they did. 2020, Donald Trump, everything he is blamed for. Everything. COVID is by far one of the most 
devastating things to happen during our highest product productivity and economic upward mobility that we've ever seen. Very similar to the Industrial Revolution and then the Depression and the polar opposites of, of that time period. There is pre and post COVID economy. And although you can blame him for his response, which is what we talked about at the beginning, whether he backs up the car and is humble and says, I'm sorry, or he gets out of the car and reacts to a lady screaming at him and elevates to two very, very similar situations with two very large reactions that are different. Now, people see Donald Trump as being, I don't wear a mask. I don't listen to anybody. I want to inject bleach in my skin. And honestly, it's completely spin. The man for 31 days came out for three hours at a time and spoke to the nation. I have not seen a president do that ever. He shared every bit of information in a chaotic, chaotic time when all information was supposition or hypothesis. There were no controls. There were no scientific studies. And like George Washington had to handle something completely different because there was no precedence for this minus 100 years ago, which was a completely different situation, and H1N1, which was absolutely ignored by the administration. Although there were many warnings that a virus of this magnitude could have this type of impact, nobody first saw that it was coming. And there is only one point to blame, and that is China, where it originated from. And just like the Spanish flu, just like the Asian flu with the bird flu, and just like several other things, whether it be typhoid coming over or yellow fever coming over from Europe, this is where they originated from. And you should blame where it was originated from because ultimately it was created or it was created out of neglect and irresponsibility with a food market that has no regulation whatsoever. Donald Trump is blamed for everything. If a cop kills an unarmed black man, it's Donald Trump's fault. If Russia postures and says something, it's his fault. If North Korea launches up a rocket, it's his fault. If the stock market goes up or down, it's his fault. He could cure cancer. And people would say, well, you just bankrupted a trillion dollar industry over the last 60 years. And cancer research uh, corporations and hospitals and institutions and grants will all go bankrupt because you cured cancer. Thanks, Mr. President. The man can do nothing right. So when you go to the booth and you think about this, I want you to look at how you personally own your space. The space between your ears, the space between your eyes. And the space between your whole soul and heart. And ask yourself, are you weighing the man or are you weighing what you think he is supposed to be? And I understand that he can be a pompous son of a gun. I understand that he can say things that make you cringe. And if you ask any Trump supporter, we will tell you, we wish there were times that he would just shut up. But that's not the man you got. 
And for all of his faults, there are a hundred great things to admire. He gets things done. He can't be bought. He's honest. He doesn't pander to people. He doesn't lie about what he will do, even though he can absolutely stretch the truth better than anybody. He is blue collar. He works in an industry and owns an industry that is extremely tied to the construction worker and the blue collar worker. Now I've heard all the things he doesn't pay his people, blah, blah, blah. There's always disgruntled people in business. Always. I have people who say that I was the worst leader and the best leader and they were working side by side. You can't please everyone all the time. I don't expect Americans to love him, but I expect you with the precedence of the way you treated 44 other presidents to treat him the same and you're not. Now, maybe he doesn't deserve it, but I challenge people all the time who argue with me about Donald Trump and I say to them simply, I want you to tell me one thing that you admire about Donald Trump and think that he has done a great job on. And I will tell you 20 things that every other president in history has done. Go. And it shuts them all down. They can't even bring themselves to say anything nice about Donald Trump. And once again, that says more about you than it does about the 45th and hopefully the 46th president of these United States. Veterans Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. Veterans, 22 a day are dying, and it is absolutely imperative that we get on the phone and call and get them the help they need. If you can't make that call, if you don't feel you know how to make that call, reach out to me. I'll make it with you. Some of us have been down in that hole, and I'll find you the right person to help you and get you out of there. We'll do it together. Folks, we have a couple days, and I'm excited to see what the results are. Check the spaces between the ears, between the eyes, and between your soul and your heart. And I think you will find, if you dig deep, there's a simple choice in this election. God bless. Have a happy Halloween. I'll see you on Monday. Thanks, everybody.